Charlotte Bronte says this, the soul, fortunately, has an interpreter, often an unconscious, but still a faithful interpreter in the eye. So what does this have to do with loving our bodies? I had a concept come to me the other day that I want to share with you, and I'm hoping that it can create a new pathway into at least accepting your body, coming to peace with it, coming to a place of neutrality, and maybe appreciating it for something that you hadn't thought of before. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. Hi, welcome. So if you've been following along lately, you know that I'm working on something that I'm calling Lens of Love. And if you don't know what that is, I'm creating a type of a photography session that is designed to be transformative and begin to shift the way you relate to your body, your relationship to your body. If you don't like it in photos or in the mirror um, and all the ways that, that that can hold us back and how we can begin to heal that relationship and possibly get to a place of peace with our body and maybe eventually move into a place of love. And that may feel a lot further away from some people than others, but I know that it's possible. And Lens of Love is designed to start to let the light in to open a crack, to cause a shift, to maybe maybe you feel stuck in the woods and all of a sudden after Lens of Love, you turn and you realize that trees have parted. It's not the path that doesn't take you all the way down the path to the end, but all of a sudden there's a path and maybe there's a light at the end of it and you didn't even see it before. Um, if you are interested, side note, in um, getting on the wait list for Lens of Love, I will be doing these sessions locally in Nashville, and I will also be launching them virtually uh, near the end of the summer. So you can go to lensoflove.lizahippler.com. But in, in going down this path, I'm learning more and more and more about our relationship to our own bodies and to other people's bodies and how we see ourselves, how we see other people, what our body is, is for, um, and just and and a lot of societal damage that's done, and it's not like I didn't see these things before, right? I, I've talked uh, recently about my journey with implants and explant and having really small boobs, and and my my journey there, what that has done, and what that has taught me a lot, taught me about about body love and body acceptance. Um, and I've been reading more about it. And I was in the shower the other day and something came to me and I'm really excited to share it with you. I shared it a little bit um, in one of my Instagram posts recently. But first, let's let's talk a little bit about all the societal pressure to conform to certain beauty standards. So one of the books that I'm reading is called The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And it is an incredible book and I recommend it to every person, everyone, not just women, but everyone. Um, And she talks about the idea of the default body. And this made so much sense when I read it. And I'm guessing the second I said default body, you probably had a vision of a Barbie type figure pop in your brain. Uh, Blonde, skinny waist, big boobs, long legs, uh, long blonde hair. You know, this, this default body, it's what it's what you know. The song talks about. We just saw in Victoria's Secret magazines, and we see in you know fashion, and we see on TV, and we see as the leads in TV shows and movies. Uh, we see in the news. We see we see everywhere. You know, we don't we don't see a lot outside of the default body. Uh, in you know, recently people are becoming more aware of of 
diversity and seeing other skin tones in there, which is fantastic. Um, But a lot of what we think about our body comes from the outside. And Sonia Renee Taylor, again, does a beautiful job of, of breaking this down, kind of the outside voice and our inside voice. And the outside voice is pretty much everything negative that we think about our bodies because we are consciously being pitted against the default body. And it's where we're spending our money to get to, uh, to get to this default body so that we can be accepted by society because we have, you know, everyone always talks about we have all these instinctual primal needs to be accepted to be part of a community because you know, ages and ages ago when you weren't, you were just kicked out and you were like eaten by a saber-tooth bear, right? Saber-tooth lion? Saber-tooth bear? Lion? A saber-tooth animal with giant fucking teeth and it would eat you if you weren't accepted in your group. And so we have this need to be accepted. And when we're told through images, through words, just just since we're born, you know, and, and it depends as well on your your nuclear family, how much that message was reinforced. We're told you have to look this certain way. You have to have, you know, a flat stomach and big boobs and skinny arms and long hair in order to be accepted, in order to be part of the group. Then yeah, it makes total sense that we're going to be like, I've got to look like that. I have to, I have to feel like that. It feels good. Because when I don't look like that, I become obsessed with the pieces of me that don't look like that. And I don't want to think about them. I don't want to be obsessed with them. I don't want it to take up my brain space. It feels negative. I feel like I don't belong. I feel shitty about myself. I feel tense. Um, I feel ill. Like whatever it is, we've got all these thoughts. And so of course we're going to spend money on uh, anything from makeup to full-on plastic surgery to get to this default body. And I don't fault anyone at all. Like whatever choices you make about your body is, it's part of your journey. And I've had plenty that's been part of my journey as well. Um, and there are plenty of places where I lean into the default body because it's easier. It's it's It can be easier to just not have to go through an intense self-acceptance and, and growth path if you just can alter your body. Um, and then and then we have this inside voice that Sonia Renee Taylor talks about, and that is our soul. And that is what we know the truth of. That is what we come into this world with. You, you've never seen a baby or a toddler or even a little kid really, really thinking about how they look. They don't brush their hair. They walk out with food on their face, <laughs> right? They wear mismatched clothes. Their socks are crazy. I mean, one of my daughters, when she was little, found it highly amusing to wear like 12 uh, Band-Aids on her legs and would just go out like that. <laughs> Didn't care. Just had fun, self-expression, wasn't worried about it. And we lose it because of the outside voice, because of the society voice, because of what other people are saying is okay and not okay. And it's intense and it's unfortunate and it becomes deeply, deeply ingrained in us whether we ever, ever consciously chose it to be that way or not. We didn't really have much of a choice. But we can as we as we get older. And I think I think not only because this podcast, this particular episode is actually not a hundred percent about changing how society views the body because it's really fucking hard to do that as an individual. If we lean into radical self love, and lean into not just loving our body, but our spirit, our souls, why we're here making beautiful choices to live an intentional life that is full of, of goodness. Um, if we lean into that, that's what's really going to shift. And when we lean into that and we start to accept our bodies initially, and maybe 
and maybe be at peace with them and maybe come to just a place of neutrality with them, that in it there, that in itself is a radical shift. And just one person doing that and showing up like that will give other people permission to do the same. When we look around on Instagram or if we're out and all of a sudden we see a woman who is not the default body, but just so grounded and full of presence and joy. I mean, how often are we like, wow, what does she have that I don't have? I would like to be her. I would like to have that joy, that that freedom of self. And she's just chosen. She's made a choice to say, I'm not listening to the outside voices anymore. They don't get to win. They crept in here without my permission. They're living in here. They're squatters. I'm kicking them out and I'm cleaning the place up. But I think, I think too, and this is the piece of radical self-love because Sonia Renee Taylor talks about radical self-love and it's not simply I love my body, right? That's a really hard path. And I think that's a really hard pill for a lot of people to swallow that they're suddenly going to be able to accept their body 100% that they've been rejecting and neglecting in some way or another for a really, really long time. It can feel a lot safer to make the choices that they're making. Um, And so I think that radical self-love is not just our body. It's not just our minds deciding that our bodies are now beautiful, despite what society wants to tell us. Um, I think it's about really living into our soul's purpose. I really think, I really, really am starting to deeply believe, especially through my work as a brand photographer, working with women who are trying to bring their passions and their gifts and their talents to life and the struggles they're having, putting themselves out there physically, photos of themselves, some women who are just shutting down their businesses, their potential impact because they don't like images of themselves. They don't like seeing photos of themselves. I have a theory that the dislike for oneself in photos might be linked to avoiding the look in your eye. Let me break this down for a minute. We've all heard the eyes are the window to the soul. The eyes are the window to the soul, right? And the The quote at the very beginning, the Charlotte Bronte quote, which is the soul, fortunately, has an interpreter, often an unconscious, but still a faithful interpreter in the eye. It suggests that our eyes are, in fact, the window to our soul, that we can look in them and we we can see something that's going on. Leonardo da Vinci, there's another beautiful quote by Leonardo da Vinci. It says this, the soul, it appears, is reflected in the eyes. It is the seat of passions, of love, of hatred, and of all emotions. And this is from, I mean, one of the world's most famous painters through centuries. And he knew how to paint and he knew how to capture something beyond physical appearance, and it's in the eyes. That's where we see it. So my theory goes like this. (laughs) My theory is, yes, it becomes easier for us to look at photos of ourselves and obsess about the ways we are not like the default body. It becomes easier to do that than it is to look into our eyes, into our soul's reflection, and see what our soul really has to say. It's easier to look at our perceived flaws than it is to look into our own eyes. And this is why I think photos are harder, because they will capture a look in our eyes. They will capture our potential dissatisfaction with the way we have been choosing 
to live our lives. We can see in our eyes sadness, unhealed trauma. We can see in our eyes thoughts about ourselves where we've let ourselves down, where we haven't trusted ourselves, where we've put ourselves in situations that we know we shouldn't have done. We've made choices that don't feel good. We have avoided growth. We have avoided following following our purpose and our passion. We've avoided the hard work that it takes to change our relationship with money, to really examine the types of intimate relationships that we've had and maybe look at where they're dysfunctional, where they're not healthy for us, where we're letting other people walk all over us, where we're playing small, where where we're just letting the days roll by without making conscious choices to be present, to show up, to create a life that we love around our work in the world, around our intimate relationship, around our finances, around our spirituality, around our home, our friends, our sense of adventure, our love, whatever it is. We've been letting ourselves down in some way and our soul is in there behind our eyes telling the fucking truth. And when we see a photo of ourselves, whether we're smiling brightly or not, our eyes tell the truth. And if we look, if we were to look in our eyes, what we see staring back is the places that we know we need to work on the places that we feel like we've been letting our soul down, the places where our soul is saying, please, please, I will guide you. I will guide you. Relax, open, trust. It's going to be a fucking journey. It's going to be hard, but trust. And we don't want to look at that. We don't want to look at that. Our soul is longing for a more fulfilling life. That's what it's here for, right? We didn't, our souls didn't enter this body to just roll along and, and, and stay under the waves, comfortably under the waves, comfortably numb. What song is that? Fuck. I should know that. Comfortably numb our whole lives, just letting all of our relationships be acceptable or worse, letting our finances be acceptable or worse. Letting our, our, our home, the way we raise our kids, the way we, the way we are to strangers, the way we are in our, our community, just be acceptable or worse. That's not why our soul is here, right? Our soul is longing, longing for deep love, a deep loving relationship with ourself, love in our lives compassion, presence, and ability to feel our emotions, even if they're negative. Our ability to trust ourselves that we can be with whatever comes up, whether it's sorrow or grief or joy, right? Our soul wants this beautiful, rich experience. It's here for something. It's here to grow. It's here to experience. It's here for us to make intentional choices. So when we take a photo and we look at it and we go, I hate it. My theory is it's not actually about our bodies. It's about the way we're showing up for ourselves in our lives. It's about the look in our eyes that says, hi, hi. Can you come help? Can you see me, please? And it can be intense. And I think it can be, I think it can be intense. And so that's why I think, I think too, for some people, you know, we don't have, we don't have to see our faces just walking throughout life, right? We can look down and we see our bodies and we have a relationship with that, but we don't see our eyes unless we look in the mirror 
And in the mirror, we can always kind of look away and and we can change our eyes a little bit and we can advert them. But in a photo, it's captured in a moment and it's staring right back at us. And it's, it's, it's looking at us and it's hard. And I think when we see, when we see a photo and we know we are not living into the potential that we have, that we know is in there, that's the thing. That's the trick of it. We know it's fucking in there. We know this potential is there and it's huge and it's beautiful and incredible and amazing. And to live up to that or to live into that, not even up, just to live into that, to lean into that is hard fucking work. We have to let go of a lot of stories that have kept us safe. Relationships can change as we heal. Intimate relationships can change as we heal. And that's scary. That can feel unsafe. We realize when we heal, all of a sudden, we might be called to do bigger work. And that might feel scary. That might feel, I don't have the energy for that. I don't want to be outed from this group of people. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's scary. And a lot of times we can think like, yes, of course, like who, who doesn't want to be a better version? But there's something about the way that we are when we play small, when we, when we, when we shy away from what our soul is calling us to, it feels safer. It feels safe. If it didn't feel safe, we wouldn't stay there. <laughs> it might not feel great, but it feels comfortable and it feels safe. So when we look at a photo and our eyes are asking us to do something, it is so much easier instead of having to go, oh my God, my soul is calling me. Fuck, I need to wake up and do something about my soul calling me. That's intense. That's an intense call. That's like, hi, no pressure. God calling. God inside your soul here calling you to a higher purpose. Are you ready to shift your life? in profoundly beautiful and meaningful ways and accept every loss that comes along with that in order to trade it for a beautiful, fulfilling life? Are you willing to walk down that hard road? Or or should we just see our big cheeks? Should we just obsess about our frizzy hair? Is it easier to just go, oh, those wrinkles... Oh, my neck. Oh, my my chunky arms. Look at my look at my smile lines and my lips and my frown lines and the way that one eye is weirder than the other eye. Oh, look at this. God, what should I do about that? What should, should I go get Botox? Should I put on more makeup? Should I change? Should I just have a professional makeup person every day? Should I never take a photo of myself again? Oh, let me just go to this And now we're in a negative spiral about how we hate ourselves. And isn't that way fucking easier than answering our soul's call? Oh, yes. (laughs) Hi, soul calling. Oh, God, that's really intense. Never mind. I'm just going to obsess about um, the fact that I see uh, little eyes and a chunky face. What I feel is a chunky face, right? I say all these things, by the way, as, as perceived. We all perceive ourselves differently because I've known some extremely beautiful people who uh, feel that they are very far from the default body and therefore ugly and hate themselves in photos. So that's a big difference, right? Do you see how it's a lot easier to just... Because then when we obsess about our bodies, we're just a, we, we're in obsessive mode, we decide we're not worthy and then, you know, hey, I can't be I can't I can't follow my soul's callings until I fix my body, till I fix my face, till I fix my hair, till I fix my boobs, my chin, till I lose 25 pounds. I can't I can't follow my soul yet because my body's not right. I can't follow my soul because I don't have my body in order yet. I can't follow my callings. I can't play big. I can't accept love from my partner. I can't let it in because I'm obsessed with my body. I can't show my face and create an incredible business for myself and change my relationship with money because my body's not right. 
because I'm obsessed with my body. Do you see how, how this, how twisted this is? And I'm not judging anyone, just so you know. I just want us all to collectively be like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God, what, what the hell? Like just to wake up to it and just be like, oh my God, oh my God. So, yeah. So I really feel like looking at photos of ourselves is actually a deeper dissatisfaction with the way we're living life and much, much, much less about our physical appearance. We make it about our physical appearance because it's easier than making it about dissatisfaction in certain areas of our life. There may be some areas where we feel we're really great, but there are a lot of areas of life. There are many areas of life, and not all of them are we able to trust ourselves, to show up for ourselves, to follow our soul. We're playing small in areas. And it's an avoidance of really living into our our soul's purpose. Like I said, it's really going to pull back from, it's going to pull us back from our relationships. It's going to pull us back from our calling and the work that we could be doing in this world. It's very... It's very interesting. It's very, I find it very, very interesting, this idea. And when we, the longer we ignore our, our soul's call, the more and more we feel powerless and discontent and self-disappointment. The longer we ignore it, the more discontent, powerless we feel. And the easier it is to find the flaws in our bodies because now we have an even higher mountain to climb, it feels like, right? Oh God, oh God, I've been ignoring this for so long. You know, I'm I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm 80, you know, whatever it is, I oh, wow, I've been ignoring my soul's calling for this many decades. How the fuck do I listen to it? You know what? I'm just going to hate my body more. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. It feels comfortable because you don't have to face any of it. It feels comfortable on a certain level, but ultimately it feels like shit. Ultimately, it feels like shit because you know you can't lie to yourself. You cannot lie to yourself, even if you'd like to. And you know, you know that there are places where you have, where you haven't made intentional choices, where you've played small. So what if we shifted our focus? What if we shifted our focus away from our bodies? It's so interesting to me how much money and time is spent on making our physical appearance better. I am all for working out, by the way, and eating healthy. Yes, yes. Um, You know, if we're doing it with the lens of tuning our bodies, keeping our bodies sharp, keeping our minds sharp, um, taking care of our bodies so that we have the energy that we need to show up for our souls, yes, yes workout, eat healthy. But we spend so much time and money regularly getting manicures, pedicures, facials, dyeing our hair, relaxing our hair, curling our hair, straightening our hair, um, Botox, fillers, uh, surgeries, Money, time, money, time, money, time, so much money, time, regular appointments, right? I mean, don't, hey, I go, I get my grays covered. <laughs> I go, I will, I will get manicures and pedicures. My 13 year old has figured out how to do gel and dip though. So now I have an in home manicurist. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not alone. I haven't gotten Botox yet, but I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to succumb at some point to feeling like I should look a certain way. 
if it's going to just be easier for me to, to not obsess about it. I don't know. And I'm not, again, I'm not judging anyone. I've, I know, I know incredible women who spend money and time on these things, more money and time, um, than I do. And, and that's, and that's fine. I just want to point out how much time and money, literally hours, right? Hours a month, hours a month, and thousands of dollars over a period of a year. If, if you're getting surgery, it's even more, you know. Um, how, much, how much time and money we're spending there that we're not, and we don't, on, on soul growth, on meditation, <laughs> on journaling, on writing our thoughts about ourselves, writing our dreams for the future, sharing our, sharing our dreams, sharing our, our hopes, sharing our soul's desires, exploring them, getting curious about them. What are my gifts? What are my talents? What can I do today to bring that, to bring that to the world? What can I do today to deepen my connection with my partner? What can I do today to, you know, bring more presence, uh, to me as a mom? What can I do today to, um, help bring compassion and, and healing, joy, whatever to the world. We, we hardly spend any time there. We don't spend time reading books about it. We don't spend a lot of time in, in courses, classes, healing our traumas, um, you know, doing things like I've talked about on this podcast before, you know, uh, therapy, sound baths, things that are just going to make us feel more whole and beautiful, learning about embodiment, learning about somatic practices and how the body holds trauma and, and doing things with our bodies to release the trauma so that we can show up for ourselves. You know, I mean, how much time, like, think about it. Just, you know, think about, think about yourself. How many hours are you spending on your physical appearance and how many hours are you spending on your soul's purpose and what your soul's asking you? And when I say, you know, what is what your soul asking of you, this doesn't mean you have to go out and, and like, you know, lead a movement of hundreds of thousands of people. This could just mean that you, that you realize that, you know, you need to shift, you need to heal and shift again, your relationship around finances or your relationship around, uh, friendships or intimate partnerships you know, just something, something that you know that you've just been kind of passively, passively letting slide, right? How many hours are you spending on that? How many hours a month are you spending on that? How much money are you spending on that? We're not because it's easier to do our body because we're more obsessed with our body because it's a physical thing that we can see. But I think the thing about photos is our eyes, and I think we need to trust our bodies more. So part of this idea that I want to throw in here is if we were to work on our souls as much or more than we work on our bodies, if we were to shift how we are hearing our soul, how we are healing traumas and, and healing patterns and leaning into what our soul is asking of us, if we start shifting there and growing there and doing this inner work, I believe we will start to see ourselves in photos in a whole fucking different light. When we are able to look at our photo of ourselves and we've been doing this inner work and we're shifting, we don't have to be at the end of the journey. We can be at the, we can be at the first quarter of the journey, the first eighth, the first sixteenth of the journey. And we will see a photo of ourselves and we will realize, I see something in that woman in this photo. I see her coming to life. There's something beautiful in her. And you will see your essence more than you will see your cheeks, your hair, your chin, your thighs, your stomach, your nose, your ears. You will see your soul coming to life. And you won't even have to do anything to your body. You won't have to fucking do anything to your body because your eyes will say, this is a woman who is waking up to her own immaculate 
beauty and purpose and gifts and talents and divine right to abundance, to a soulfully abundant life. And that is incredible. I fully believe this. And you know why I believe this? Because I have seen this shift in myself. If you've seen the photos that I've shared early on in Lens of Love, um, and as of right now, they are, um, as of right now, they're the main photos that you see when you go to uh, lensoflove.lizahibbler.com. I had been swimming. I had pool hair. I had not, I had not brushed my hair at all. I had not dried it. I hadn't done anything. I air dried it. I flipped my hair up and down and let it air dry. Um, I had no makeup on. I happened to have a dress with me that I liked, um, this kind of natural fabric dress. And I put it on and I went in the backyard and I took selfies. And then I, sorry, my dog is playing with a squeaker. Good timing. Um, and then I went in the yard and I took selfies and I kind of did some funky, like retro-y edits to them. By the way, I'm I'm not a fan of filters that change your face. I don't like filters that change the shape of your face, the how wide your eyes are, where your cheekbones are, eyelashes. I don't like filters like that. But I love a creative filter that gives a vibe to the photo. And I think when we can see ourselves in, in when the photo becomes a combination of us and art, I think it's a lot easier to see ourselves and see ourselves as a piece of art because that's what we are. Why are we hating these bodies that were divinely designed for us? Okay, that's not 100% this podcast, but these photos were divinely designed and we're hating them. Um, yeah, so I took these photos and there were, I had no makeup, hair was a mess. I just went in the backyard and I love them. I love them. And other people were loving them. And it's because of the work that I've been doing on myself. It's the things that I've been healing. In them, I, you know, if you've heard my, my podcast about my journey with my breasts, in these photos, I, I'm explanted. I'm explanted. I'm flat as a board with boobs that have healed less than ideally. And I feel beautiful in those photos. And it's the work that I've been doing. I didn't change my chest. I didn't go get implants back in. I haven't done anything to them. I was able to see myself as beautiful because of the work I've been doing. And also, I know good lighting. <laughs> Again, if you want to sign up for Lens of Love, come work with me, lensoflove.lizahippler.com. But I think we need to see our bodies like this. And we need to see that it's possible that when we begin to heal our soul and show up for our bodies, we will see that in our photos and we won't obsess about our bodies anymore. Our bodies are also, also an, an incredible GPS system and a map. They provide extremely amazing feedback and guidance. When we listen to our body's signals, when we are excited about something, when we feel pain, even when we have disease, uh, our body is pointing to something. It's saying, hey, you've ignored something for so long. We need to bring it to your attention. Our body, our body is a tool. What if we saw our body not as something that must conform to the default way of being, but as an incredible tool to help us bring our soul's longings to life. So it's no longer stuck inside our soul, but becomes an actual way of being and doing life. Our body will tell us. Our body is designed. It's designed to help us bring our soul's longings to life. It literally, it does that. If we didn't have a body, y'all, if we were just a soul, we couldn't talk about our ideas. We couldn't share our, our wisdom. We couldn't share our fears, our hopes, our thoughts, our dreams, our messages, our stories. We couldn't share them without a body, without our mouth, without our vocal cords, without our brain to think through these things. You know, our arms, if you, if you have two, you know, if you have two able arms, 
They they're they have an ability to hug, to shake hands, to reach people, to to write, to hold books and read books, to type, to get our message out there, to con- to consume information. Our legs, or if you're on if you're on you know wheels, but our our lower half, right, designed to get us to and from places, to to have adventures, to meet people, to to explore life. We couldn't do that without a body. We can't do anything that our soul is asking us to do without our body. It is our tool. It is literally the tool we are given to bring our soul's purpose to life. And when we are following our soul's purpose, it is only goodness that we are bringing to this planet, to ourselves, to the people we love the most, to our outer circles and beyond. Our body is the tool. It's not just a thing to try to get to the default body. This is the tool. Look at your hands right now. Look at your hands. Look at your legs, your feet, your stomach. Think about your face, your mouth, your neck, your head, your shoulders, your chest, your back, your butt, your knees. Look at them. Look down at them all. This is the tool you've been given. This is the tool you have been given. You can refine your tool. Not only is it a tool, it is also a guide. We've talked on this podcast many times now about how people feel lit up inside, right? They have that animation that the, the, they, have, they get a tingly feeling inside, excitement, butterflies, uh, goosebumps, whatever it is. We get lit up, lit up when we know a choice is right That is our body. That is our soul going, okay, hey, this is correct. Hey, body, could you react to this? And our body's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, let me, let me let them know that this is the right choice. Boom. Boom. You've got it. You've got that message. When we have fear, fear can tell us two things. One, it can tell us, nope, uh uh-uh, turn around, wrong choice. And that's a feeling in our bodies. That's our soul going, hey, uh uh-uh, turn around. This is, you know, dead end. And we can listen to our body's reaction to that. Or, or we can go, I feel this fear, but my gut, my soul is telling my gut that actually the best thing for me is to move through this fear, is to do what I need to do to heal around this fear, whatever that is. Therapy, prayer, journaling, just taking fucking action and barreling through it, whatever it is, your body will tell you your gut, your reactions, it will tell you. When you start to get disease, disease, how, how many stories have we heard of where people are just go, 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 hustle, 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 and then boom, they're out. They're bedridden with something, whether it's a week with the flu or they get in a car accident and they're out for months. The body will shut down. It will tell you, hold the fucking phone. Hold the phone. It will tell you to go. It will tell you to stop. It will tell you to heal. It will tell you what lights you up, what your soul is telling you. It is your guide. It has signposts. It has it has signs. It has flashing lights. It has stoplights. It has green lights, red lights, yellow lights. It has billboards. And it, it, it will give you all of these things. Fuck the default body. This is your body designed to connect you to your soul. It is, the, it, is, it is listening to your soul at all times. And it is physically manifesting your soul going, yes, do that. No, don't do that. Hi, you've ignored me for a long time and I'm going to need you to pay attention now. I need you to pay attention. And what if we saw our bodies like that? That's what's happening What if we saw our bodies as a beautiful tool, not as a thing that needs to show up like a default body, as a tool we've been given, right? And and you may be like, well, my tool, I don't like the way my tool looks. Guess what? You're given that tool. And you're probably given that tool specifically to work with. That is the tool because that tool that you were given and the physical way it looks is also going to lead you to your own freedom to your own soul's freedom. 
Listen, pay attention to your body's messages. Listen to them. Get silent. What is that pain? What is that thing lighting me up? What is that fear? Is that a turnaround fear? Is that a trauma fear? Pay attention to your body. Use it as a guide. Y'all, we've talked about a lot in this, this episode so far. And we're shifting the story here from, from, I don't like my body, I need to change my body in order to like it. Right? That's where most of us live. I don't like my body, I must change my body. <laughs> what we really need to do is change a lot of society. But even then, I think ultimately the deeper, deeper thing we need to do is not, I don't like my body, I need to change it. It's, I don't like my body, what are my eyes telling me? What is my soul telling me? What do I really see when I look in this photo? What do I really see underneath the wrinkles? Underneath the extra rolls I don't like? Underneath the hair? What am I seeing really under there? What is the longing? And how can I take steps for that to be the thing that shines? And when that begins to shine, our concerns about our body slip away because now we are fully alive and making progress toward uncovering who we really are and what we're really here for. I really encourage you to prioritize self-care, mental care, being aware of the stories you're telling yourself, being aware of the, the, the things you're telling yourself about your physical body, not getting caught in your own trauma trap and repeating negative things over and over and over and over and over. That's like, it's like your own brain abuse. And it takes a while to shift out of it, but, but have some self-care and self-compassion. Tell yourself it's okay. Hey self, I understand why you think you're why why you've been thinking these things about your body for so long. Society's made you think these things. You know, body, young body, right? We didn't even talk about that. Young, old, aging, middle age. You know, society's told me these things. My parents told me these things. My grandparents told me these things. Whatever it is, I understand why you would think that. And we don't have to think that anymore. Those thoughts came from the outside. And I'm going to find the inside thoughts. What would I like to believe instead? What would I like to believe? The things that, that were handed to me, the things that I think about myself aren't true anyway. They're not true. It's not the truth. So let me change the truth so that it, it feels a lot fucking better. And so that it fuels self-compassion, self-love, seeing myself as worthy, as capable as beautiful. Let me change that story. Self, I understand why we would think that. And I forgive you. And it's okay. And let's change it. Let's change it. You know, where did this thought come from? Do I want this thought anymore? Do I want it? When it came to me, when this thought came to me about my body, be it through um, media, parents, society, whatever it is, when this thought came to me, was I conscious of it? Did I purposely let it in? Did I say, absolutely, I will take on the thought that I am completely worthless and ugly and hate photos of myself and I am, and I am disgusting and wrinkly and not worthy and old and, and has been and all that. Did I say, yeah, yes, yeah, let's let these thoughts in. These feel fucking great. Yes, I would like these. no. No, no one says that. No one says, yes, consciously, I will take these on. What can you replace it with? Thank you, thank you, thought. You've served me for a while. You've kept me safe. You've tried to keep me safe. You've tried to keep me safe. You've tried to keep me from showing up because showing up doesn't feel safe for one reason or another. And I'm ready to shift. I'm ready to shift how I see myself 
I'm ready to shift my relationship with my soul. I'm ready to shift the woman that I am and the woman that I see in photos. You can do it. And it's a journey. And there's nothing that's going to fix it immediately. Again, I would love to invite any of you to put yourself on the wait list for Lens of Love, lensoflove.lizahippler.com. It is not designed to be the journey. Lens of Love or anything else is not going to take you from point A to Z. It's designed to hopefully start to see that other choices are possible. When we liberate ourselves, when we free our soul, we do the same for others. It's impossible for it to not be contagious. So the next time you look at a photo of yourself, ask yourself, what am I really, really upset about in this picture? What really bothers me here? And look at your eyes and ask yourself what you can see in there. And if it scares you, just take a deep breath. You don't have to go A to Z right now. You just take the next step. I want to end with a quote that is, um, does not have a known author, but I love this. Eyes are the windows to the soul, they say. But when I look into yours, I see so much more. Strength, beauty, and a love that knows no bounds. Let's adjust that just very slightly for what my wish is for everyone, for all women, when they see themselves in photos. Eyes are the windows to the soul, they say, but when I look into my own, I see much more strength, beauty, and a love that knows no bounds. When you look at photos of yourself, should you choose instead the path of the soul and knowing that the soul path is the way to love yourself in photos? May you find a time where you will forever look at your own eyes, the windows to the soul, and say, I see strength, beauty, and a love that knows no bounds. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. If you've gotten this far, I have to imagine on some level this resonated with you, and I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can DM me on Instagram, 